0: Hey, Bridgeway, so glad you are here. The summer series has been amazing. Last week, we even did a game show, sort of a Wheel of Fortune preaching. And today, I'm gonna end the entire summer series. God wants me to share this with you. You know, we've heard from our speakers throughout the summer, different clergy, from the beloved community to uh, our spiritual heritage. We learned about spiritual maturity as well as uh, what do you do when you're, you're not okay? We've talked about peace and, and perseverance and, and yes, the puck. We know where the puck is. There's so much that we were able to deal with, scabs and, and scars and being children of light, as well as making sure you are careful about who you welcome and who you don't harm. The list goes on. I am so blessed by the clergy team we have. We're a unified force of God's men and women trying to make a difference and be courageous enough not to walk on eggshells as one of our speakers said. Well, today I wanna talk to you about what we were talking to you about last week in our game show preaching. We talked about the fruit of the spirit, nine different pieces of fruit. And we also talked about the armor of God, six pieces of armor. And so today my topic is, my subject, my sermon is, the fruit and the fight. The fruit and the fight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we pray now that your word would go into us. And now as we go into this moment of understanding what it means to bear fruit and, and to fight, would you give us everything we need for our life and godliness? We commit this message and every one of my viewers and listeners and congregants and visitors and guests to you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, what does it mean to bear fruit for Christ? When we talked about the fruit from Galatians 5, It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus wants you to bear fruit. The question is, how do you do it? They're called fruit of the Spirit. And so then how does the Spirit bear fruit in me? Well, first of all, you've got to be connected to Jesus, And John chapter 15, Jesus actually says that he is the vine and we're the branches. I'm going to take you to that passage so that you can see it for yourself, because if we're going to bear the fruit of the spirit, we must first be connected to Jesus. This is what Jesus says. I am the true vine and my father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear, listen, much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He goes on to say in verse eight, this is to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In verse 13, he talks about love. In verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And then when you get to the end of the passage, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that lasts. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. And so bearing fruit means to bear fruit that last which is love do you remember galatians 5:22 the fruit of the spirit is love some say after the word love you put a coal in there and all the other fruit comes out of that that the fruit of the spirit is just love and out of that love is born joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control First Corinthians 13 talks about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. These are fruits of the spirit. So when you have love, love is not easily angered. When you have love, you are bearing the fruit that will last. And that's why he says, my command is that you would love one another. But here's the problem. I cannot love people the way God wants me to love people unless I'm connected to the one who is love. And in first John, it says that God is love. It goes on to say that love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. Well, who's perfect love? God is. So when Jesus is speaking, he's saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If the branches are connected to the vine, then the vine sends out all of the juice. It sends out all of the nutrients. It sends out all of the spiritual necessities in order for the branches to then bear fruit. He goes on to say that without being connected to him, you can do nothing. In fact, it uses the word abide in some of your text, right? The word stay, the word remain. All right, that word in the Greek meno, M-E-N-O, meno means to stay, to abide, to remain. And 11 times in this passage, that word meno, or, or remain, or stay, is mentioned 11 times in these first 17 verses. What Jesus is trying to say is if you want to bear fruit, you got to stay connected to me. And if you're not connected to me, you're not going to bear fruit. And there are four levels of fruit he talks about. In fact, he says at, at first, if you look at the opening passage in verse one or verse two, he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's the first level. The first level of fruit is no fruit at all. Do you know some folk who say that they're Christians? They say that they're followers of Jesus. Uh, They say that they are religious and they have a relationship with God, but they bear no fruit. That's because they're not connected to the vine. If your life is not bearing the fruit of love and if your life is not bearing the fruit of the things that God wants you to bear, then it's because you're not connected. Practical application for you, get connected. Pray to Christ and say, Christ, please forgive me for my sins. Uh, I, I confess my sins to you and I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Or maybe you say, Christ, I know that I made a decision to follow you a long time ago or recently, but I got disconnected and went right back into my old self. If you want to bear fruit, then you've got to be connected to the vine. There are four levels of fruit. Here's the second level. Right back to the passage, it says in verse two, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You see the second and the third. So we go from no fruit, to fruit, to more fruit. We said that there are four levels, but in order to get from fruit, To more fruit, he says that he actually has to prune. This is where some of us get hurt because when a gardener prunes that branch, it's gotta hurt. And and Jesus is saying, listen, you're bearing fruit, but I want you to bear more fruit. Therefore, I might have to do some pruning in your life. During this COVID season, have you been experiencing some pruning? Meaning God's cutting some things out of your life. Uh, Sometimes it kind of hurts, but it's actually for your good. Because when you prune, you get even more fruit. But it doesn't stop there because if you keep going, we see this fourth level of fruit. He goes from no fruit to fruit to more fruit. Look at verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear, here it is, much fruit, much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In verse eight, it says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Now, where do we see this phrase, showing showing yourself to be my disciples? Yes, we see it in John 15, but a couple of uh, chapters before in John 13, he says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, love one another. And when you love one another, it will show to people that you are my disciples. In other words, when you love, it shows that you are a disciple of Christ. And here in this passage, it says it again. So in chapter 13, it said it. Now in chapter 15, he's saying, I want you to bear much fruit. And in verse eight, showing yourself to be my disciples. How do we know who the disciples are? The disciples of Jesus Christ are the ones who bear much fruit of love. Joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's how you know. It's not how many Bible verses someone can quote, how passionately someone can preach, how great someone can sing, how many good works people do, how many people were baptized, how many times did you go to church this year, how much money did you give to the church? That's not how you show that you are a disciple of Christ. If you are a disciple of Christ, people should know you because of your love your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control. Because when you're connected to Christ, when you abide in Christ, he allows that fruit to come out of you from no fruit to some fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit. And then people say, now that one, that one I know is a disciple of Jesus. (laughs) Not a disciple of Buddha, not a disciple of Confucius, not a disciple of Muhammad, not a disciple of science, Not a disciple of education, not a disciple of degrees or colleges or university, a disciple of Jesus Christ. A follower of Christ bears much fruit because fruitfulness demonstrates faithfulness. Fruitfulness is the evidence of faithfulness. How do I know that I am a believer? Because I have the fruit of the spirit living in me because I'm connected to Christ and Christ bears through me things I could never do myself. I could never be that patient, but for Christ. I could never be that compassionate and loving, but for Christ. I could never be that faithful, but for Christ. So what are we learning? We're learning that you must abide in Christ because abiding leads to abundance. Abiding leads to abundance. When I abide in Christ, then fruit will abound in me. When I don't abide in Christ, fruit dries up. I'm like a dead branch, and there's a whole lot of dead branch Christians all around the world, and you get to find them out during the season of COVID. You get to find out who the nasty branches are, don't you? The prickly branches that have no fruit. You ain't seen no love, joy, or peace in their posts. (laughs) You haven't seen any love, joy, or peace in their writings, in their videos, in their homes, in their marriages, in their finances, in their giving. You see none of it. Why? Because they're not connected to Christ, even if they have the label of Christian. Who cares about that label? It's hardly mentioned in the scriptures. Less than five times you see the word Christian, but disciple, follower of Christ, that's different. That's not a cultural label. That's a connection abiding in the one who gives life. Okay, so what have we learned so far? As our preaching team has been preaching the, the fruit of the spirit, we've learned that the fruit of the spirit comes when you're connected to the vine that sends the fruit to you. Abidance or abiding leads to abundance but that's the fruit. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a disciple of Christ, not only will you bear the fruit of faithfulness, not only will you bear the fruit of love and all the other pieces of fruit, but if you are a disciple of Christ, unfortunately, you will bear the scars of a fight. In other words, he calls us not just to be fruitful, but he actually calls us to be victorious. And in order to do that, We've got to know the armor of God. And that's why I signed uh, our speakers to speak on either the armor of God or the fruit of the spirit. The fruit is what you produce. The fight is what you protect. You see, I can bear a lot of fruit, but but I got to now protect that. I got to protect my spirit. The the scripture says that the enemy comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In John chapter 10, Jesus says this. And so what do I need to do? I've got to protect the fruit in me. So when someone tries to come and steal my peace, uh uh-uh, enemy, you're not gonna take my peace. I I gotta protect that. Tries to steal my faithfulness, uh uh-uh, enemy, I'm not gonna let you do it. So the armor of God is how we protect ourselves. You see, the reality is simply this. God is not just calling me to be fruitful. God is calling me to stand so that when the enemy comes against me, when the culture comes against me, I'm standing in Christ. In other words, the fruit, I'm staying in Christ. The armor, I'm standing in Christ. See, meno means to stay, to remain, to abide, staying in Christ, stay connected. But the armor is about standing in Christ. It says that in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, that our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers and high levels of wickedness. Stuff is going on in the atmosphere that we see and some we don't see. But it's not flesh and blood, which means it's not the person sitting next to you right now. It's not the person who's texting you. It's it's not the person that you're working with. But behind the flesh and the blood is a spirit. And the way you deal with that is in spiritual terms. You do not fight spiritual battles with fleshly weapons. You've got to have spiritual weapons to do God's spiritual work. And when God does a spiritual work in you and through you, then the enemy is going to come after you. So if you're bearing fruit, the enemy's coming after you. If you're not bearing fruit, then Jesus is going to prune you so you can bear more fruit. But when you start bearing more fruit, then the enemy sees you as worthy. Because look, if you're not bearing fruit, the enemy's already got you. If you're not doing anything for Christ, then the enemy doesn't have to worry about you. Why is the enemy going to waste his time worrying about somebody who's not following Christ? He's already got you in lockdown. He's already got you pinned down. He's already got you in a corner weeping and whining with no sense of fight in you. Nobody wants to fight somebody that doesn't fight back. You're laying on the ground somewhere feeling sorry for yourself. And so if you stay in your little dark hole and just whine and weep and feel like you are such a victim, then guess what? The enemy says, good, we got that one. Let's move on to somebody that's got some fight." Hmm. You want to fight for your marriage? You want to fight for your morality? You want to fight for your money? Oh, you want to fight for your mission? You want to fight for your purpose? You want to fight for your fruit? (laughs) Then you need some spiritual weapons. That's the armor of God, six pieces of armor. And you've heard me preach on the armor of God before and you can read it, it's in uh, Ephesians chapter six, but one of the things it tells us to do is stand. And when you've done all you can do, keep standing. And that's what we need to do as believers is stand for Christ and stand in Christ. What are those six pieces? I'll just review them. The belt of truth buckled around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness in place. The helmet of salvation. The shoes of peace. And then it goes on to talk about picking up the shield of faith. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We could do a study on each one of those and uh, Pastor Gary and Minister Tracy are going to do some Wednesday night studies to help us understand each piece of the armor. But suffice it to say right now, all the pieces of armor are Jesus Christ. Remember we said that when it comes to the fruit, you have to stay in Christ? Well, when it comes to the fight, you have to stand in Christ. And every single piece of armor is really Christ, the belt of truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. There's no one righteous, no, not one, except the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the helmet of salvation. Where do we get our salvation? Salvation is found in no one else except the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Acts chapter four. And so each piece of the armor is actually Jesus Christ, the shoes of peace. Ephesians 2 says that he himself is our peace, the shield of faith. Our faith is in Christ. And then, of course, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is Jesus Christ. And that word there is the word rhema. Now, the logos, L-O-G-O-S, is the written word of Christ. Jesus is the living word of Christ. Rhema is the spoken word of Christ, R-H-E-M-A, rhema. It says the sword of the spirit is the word of God, the rhema of God, the spoken word that agrees with the living word, that agrees with the written word. And so when you take the written word and the living word and you wield it like a sword, because it's a spoken word in the moment, you activate the word of God in your situation. And when you activate the word of God in your situation, the enemy gets pierced and has to flee. The next time the enemy comes your way, if he's close enough, what you have to do is to speak a rhema word. You need to pull out the scripture and say all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I will not die. I will speak life. I will focus on that which is pure, true, lovely, admirable. I will think on these things. You have a choice to speak God's word. Then if you speak God's word in the moment, you will see a powerful shift in the atmosphere because the enemy responds to God's word. That's wielded by God's spirit that's founded on the very basis of the word of God. This is why in John 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says the word came to dwell among us, but the world received it not. In other words, Jesus is the word of God. So what do we said? We've made it as simple as we could. In order for me to be fruitful, and in order for me to protect that fruit, I have to stay in Christ and I have to stand in Christ. If you are not connected to Christ, this is the time to do it. Invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and savior. If you're already a believer and you need to come back to Christ, this is the time to do it. God wants you to bear much fruit. And fruit means we're multiplying friends. And there's no better time than to multiply for Christ right now. You want to reach people for Christ? You know what I've been doing? I take, I go to YouTube and I will copy and I will paste a a service from Bridgeway, a song from Bridgeway, a dance from Bridgeway, a piece of art from Bridgeway. I will copy that and I will text it to friends. I'll text it to people all across the country and people said, man, that was beautiful. Wow, you touched me. We're multiplying God's way, word in ways that we couldn't before. Guess what? Everybody can do this. You want a practical application of how to bear more fruit? Love people by sending them the link to a message, to a song. We get to multiply technologically and people are being touched by our church and by the word in ways that they were never touched before. You can send people to our website. You can send it to our YouTube page. Tell them to like our YouTube page. Tell them to like our Facebook page. Anderson Speaks, like it. Anderson Speaks, subscribe to it on YouTube. Bridgeway Community Church at Bridgeway, Maryland. Like it on Facebook. Subscribe to it on YouTube. Why? Because when other people do that, guess what? It pops up and God uses it exactly when they need it in their life. I remember that song they did at the beginning of COVID. Some of y'all will remember it. Spirit Breakout, man, Ronald and the team, Beth Becker, all of them, they did that song. Do you know how many times I've copied, pasted it and sent it to people? Even in the morning time, I'll just send it and say, may this song just bless you. I get so many thank yous back. I take these songs, and I send them to people as a way to encourage them. I take clips of messages, and I send it to people as a way of encouragement. Do you know how many people have taken that sermon, little did I know, at the beginning of, of the summer back on what June, uh, second Sunday in June or whatever, and have sent that to people and started conversations as a result of them listening to that message. Friends, be a multiplier, bear fruit. God wants to use you. And if you've been beaten up by the enemy, remember, you've got armor. And so the way I'm gonna close out my message today is I'm gonna pray the armor of God on you and I've provided this on our website. It's the Armor of God Prayer. Some of you already have it because I've been talking about it for years. You can pray this on every day. It's a four minute read. So even if you went on to my Facebook page at Anderson Speaks and you see the Armor of God, it's a four minute re- read. Think about every morning or every night before you go to bed, reading or praying on the Armor of God. Now this is how I'm gonna do it. My last few minutes is i is I'm gonna actually read this as a prayer and what I want you to do is I want you to pray it after me. If you can sustain praying for four minutes or whatever, (laughs) and then I'm going to end the fruit and the fight. So just pray it after me, or as I pray it, pray it with me. Here we go. Dear Lord, I now follow your command to put on the full armor of God because my battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the unseen world. I first pray on the belt of truth, that it may be buckled around my waist. May I be centered and encircled by your truth, dear Lord. Hem me inside all that is true and right, and may I be protected and held up by the truth of your living word. I pray on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm praying it on you right now. Pray it with me. I pray on the breastplate of righteousness. Please protect my vital organs and my inner man and inner woman. Cover my integrity, my spirit, and my soul. Guard my heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Please strengthen and guard the most vulnerable places in my life with that which is right, good, and noble, that I might not receive a fatal blow from the enemy. I pray on the gospel shoes of peace. I choose to stand in the shoes of your good news and on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, the solid rock, all other ground is sinking sand. I pray that I will not slip or fall, but that my feet would be firmly fitted on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I choose to stand on you so that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus, the rock of ages. I pray your peace right now, Jesus, from the sole of my feet to the crown of my head. Next, I pray the shield of faith in my hands right now. As I take up the shield of faith, I ask that you might extinguish every dart and arrow that is launched from the enemy to take me down, spiritually and physically, mentally or emotionally. Every attempt of the enemy to destroy my joy, I ask that my faith in you would make it flame out, extinguish every flaming arrow that would come against me, my family my ministry or me personally. May my faith always be out in front of me like a shield. Give me the courage to faith my fears. By choosing to walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, pray this with me. Two more pieces of armor. Are you doing it in your living room? Got your phone up? Wherever you are, we're praying now. This is what we're doing together. We're praying on the armor of God. I'm praying it on you. You're praying it on yourself. You're repeating it after me. Two more pieces. Come on. I pray on the helmet of salvation that you might protect my mind from the thoughts that can lead me astray. I choose to take every thought captive and arrest ill-intentioned ideas and motives that would harm others or distract me from your will for me. I submit every captured thought to the Lordship of Christ and ask that you would imprison those thoughts that are not of you, Lord. Transform my mind and renew my thinking that I may think God thoughts and have a sober mind that is focused on your glory. Please protect me from being double-minded that I may allow my mind, the command center for the rest of my body to be saturated with the mind of Christ. And lastly, finally, I take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I pray this offensive weapon into my hand and ask that your word would be fitted for every encounter I face. As the enemy gets close to me, please give me the insight, wisdom, and skill to wield the word of God spoken in season and out of season to inflict pain against the enemy. May the enemy and his team flee from me upon hearing the word of God spoken by the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Give me the sword of the spirit to cut through the wiles of the devil so that I may discern the schemes of the enemy when he is near. And with all kinds of prayers, supplication and intercession, I pray to the Lord as the one who fights my battles. Now that I'm in your armor, Lord. I walk away from this prayer covered and ready to face my day as you go before me and protect me in the midst of all the spiritual warfare in this unseen world. Thank you, Lord, for the spiritual weapons of armor and prayer that you have given me because no weapon formed against me shall prosper and you will refute every tongue that accuses me. Thank you, Father, that I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.